0: yeah yeah ball so hard you better believe me it's scary it's basketball at the bar with calvin and barry so put a tip in the jar, cause these dudes can really fill it up Whether it's buckets you need or just a beer in a cup We're here, we're here for, fresh for fresh conversations That's some delicious uh, libations Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notifications yeah. My boys, got you covered like you being guarded by payers From the glove, the glove to the club and everyone else in between Calvin and Barry got everything that you need for sure. So sit back, relax, because we're starting the show It's basketball the show. at the bar, grab your drinks and let's go Yeah, yeah. Grab a drink and let's go to the channel and turn on the notifications and the subscribe to the channel and turn on the notifications let's get it what up ballers welcome to basketball at the bar join us live every weekday for the best nba podcast here on youtube where the takes are hot and the drinks are cold there's no dress code and you can take us wherever you go so pull up a stool drop a like and don't forget to subscribe this is basketball at the bar grab your drinks and let's go, Calvin. I effed I it up again. It's Aloha <laughs> Friday, and I am not wearing Aloha, Aloha shirt. I'm not either. Neither are you, but it's okay. we're in Hawaii, so it's always Aloha Friday here. Very true. At least I have a, a Waikiki Brewing Company shirt on. That's a little Hawaii, I guess.
1: More Hawaii than Goose Island.
0: <laughs> Which is an island as well. But... Uh, <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. It is Friday. We're excited to wrap up this week of basketball action. We had our very first finals game this week, a very surprising one, which we're going to talk about today. Uh, We're also going to talk about some more Lakers drama, potentially in the head coaching search. They officially announced their head coach this week and it uh it looks like that was not their preferred candidate so we'll talk about that we'll talk about uh the sixth man of the year tyler hero what's next for him we're going to jump into some free agent targets for a lot of teams this nba off season and then we're going to talk about the weekend what to expect from sunday's game two and we'll end the show as always with Q and A. I want to say what up to everyone that's watching right now. Progressive G, Key Kings, Asha, Stephen, appreciate you guys. Mike, if you're there, thank you guys for all joining us today. Calvin, it's Friday. It's a good Friday, and you're actually off work today, so this is like your Sunday, right? Sunday, yeah. Okay, that's nice. Well, the weekend's jump.
1: always over too quick.
0: I know it is, right? And then the weekend starts for me, which is exciting. <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyways... Let's jump here right into today's show. You and I, um, you know, we, there's a lot of different ways to watch basketball games, right? (laughs) And, you know, sometimes depending on the game, you know, especially if it's like your team playing, you know, you want your like quiet atmosphere at home where you can hear everything that's happening on the TV. You can analyze every single play and see exactly what's going on. We didn't take that approach yesterday, right? No, we did not. We went to a brewery, a bar, and we watched the game uh, with a group of friends. There was a lot of talking. There was a lot of other people involved. It was a very fun atmosphere, fun environment. But I'm not going to lie, Calvin. I did not see 100% of the game.
1: It can be a little distracting at times.
0: But I had a great time. It was a great game to watch. And let's jump into it. So I want to hear from you. Favorite part of the game?
1: Um, man, that's t- I wasn't expecting you to ask me that question. <laughs> uh, favorite part of the game? Well, look, I- I'll say when Steph Curry comes out in the first quarter and scores twenty one points. Yep. Um, I was thinking I wasn't thinking necessarily that the Warriors were gonna blow the Celtics out, but I thought the Celtics had zero chance to win. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. I, I thought Curry was
1: going for fifty. Um, and I, you know, when he gets in one of those modes where he's like just white hot and can't miss it's pretty fun to watch so i guess i'll take that first and quarter
0: great for the warriors usually oh, yeah. usually yeah. it is i was going to pick that moment as well uh just seeing him start out so hot in the first quarter was exciting but this boston team really impressed me uh you know i have golden state winning the series that might change we'll talk about that here in a little bit um But Boston really surprised me. They took every single punch from Golden State. They were still there. They still remained in the game. Uh, And then they even, you know, were able to to make a couple runs in this game. They end up winning 120-108 over the Golden State Warriors. They steal home court advantage. This is our home now, says Boston. Al Horford leads all Boston scores with 26 points. And Steph Curry leads all Warriors with 34 points. The Warriors leaned really heavily on the veterans in this game. 38 minutes for Draymond Green, only 4 points for him, 11 rebounds, 5 assists. He does foul out in this game. 35 minutes for Andrew Wiggins, 20 points for him. 25 minutes for a Kavon Looney, 4 points, 9 rebounds. Yes, Mike, I said Kavon Looney this time. <laughs> Steph Curry, 38 minutes for him, 34 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists. Klay Thompson, 39 minutes leading all Warriors, 15 points for him. And then off the bench, you know, I was surprised. We saw Jordan Poole play 25 minutes, didn't shoot that well, nine points in the game, uh, one of five from three-point range. But Andrea Iguodala, 12 minutes for him, a guy that we weren't even sure was going to play this game, 24 minutes for Otto Porter Jr., a guy that we weren't sure (laughs) that was going to play this game. So those two combined had more minutes than all the bench players combined in this yeah. game, which is pretty incredible. One minute for Bill Itza, one minute for Kaminga, uh, Toscano-Anderson one minute, uh, Lee one minute, Moody one minute. They leaned really heavy on the veterans. Boston did as well. But uh, I think veteran in terms of Boston is a much different phrase than veteran is is uh, according to Golden State because they have a lot of champions on their team. Mm-hmm. This Boston team is not so lucky, and that didn't seem to hold them back. 33 minutes for Al Horford in this game, 26 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 42 huge minutes for Jason Tatum. Wasn't his normal offensive self, only 3 of 17 from the field, 12 points, but he added 13 assists. And then Jalen Brown is the guy for me that really stepped up. I heard a quote this morning on ESPN. They said, when Batman's not always feeling the best, Robin is there to pick up the slack. (laughs) That's exactly what he did in this game. 24 points for him, seven rebounds, five assists, and uh, only three guys that scored off the bench. Derek White, 32 minutes, 21 points. Huge game for him. Also heard he became a father recently. Congratulations to him. Uh, Three points for Daniel Tice and eight points for Peyton Pritchard a lot of information there
1: Calvin a lot of information Um, Yes, it's only one game. So, you know, it's hard. You don't want to overreact too much To anything that happened last night, but there were some really really critical Parts of this game that I think you can learn something from for the rest of the series number one This series is about how well each team can defend the three 21 made threes for boston we've seen them have i I can think of at least three previous games in the postseason where they hit 20 or more threes the warriors hit 19 it's the first time in nba finals history that both teams made at least 19 threes in a game these teams love to put it up from outside so and, and we saw the adjustments made in game in terms of guarding the three especially for boston in that first quarter The Boston Celtics defense was an absolute shell of itself zero communication They let Steph Curry walk into three wide open threes in the first like five minutes of the game Which may be the biggest cardinal sin you can can commit in basketball today They made a much much more uh, asserted effort to guard the three-point line in the second half and they sh- obviously got it up at themselves and started knocking down threes like crazy. Al Horford was huge, as well as Derek White, who had maybe the, the game of his life in the NBA uh, in terms of importance, you know, being a finals game and all that stuff. So is Derek White going to continue to do that for, an whole, for a whole series? I don't know. But one thing I do know for Boston that they seemed to figure out offensively in the second half was they knew Jason Tatum was struggling. He was having a rough day shooting. The Warriors were also really committing to doubling him and making sure they got the ball out of his hands. Instead of trying to force shots up in that fourth quarter, he said, I'm going to be a facilitator, and he got it to Jalen Brown. And I think that is where the Celtics have a huge advantage. Clay Thompson is not the defender that he once was after the injuries. Guarding Jalen Brown for a full 48 minutes or however long Clay is going to play is a really, really difficult task. And Jalen Brown took it to him in the fourth quarter. That's a matchup to watch going forward.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Jalen Brown, incredible performance from him. And uh, I'm going to weigh in on his odds to win the finals MVP award after this. Uh, But for me, this game, Boston out-warriored the Warriors. As weird as that sounds, that's what they did in this game. They shot better from the field. (laughs) They shot better from three-point range. They shot better from the free throw line, which is amazing when you think that this Warriors team has three guys that shoot over 90% from the free throw line. They, you know, they passed the ball more. They had, you know, nine more assists in this game. More they, points in the paint. They turned the ball over less. They had more points in the paint. They just, they literally out the Warriors in this game, and they bullied them, like you mentioned. The defense was not there in the first half. But in the second half, they really clamped down, especially at the three-point line. We saw Steph Curry get blocked during a three-point attempt. How often does that happen? Not very often. And then we saw kind of the repercussions of that later on in that game where guys were hesitant to shoot the ball, especially Curry from three-point range. There was multiple times where in previous games, Curry gets the ball, he's shooting it. He seemed a little hesitant after that block. And it happened to more than just him. A few guys on this Warriors team the Celtics really clamped down. They made it difficult on Golden State, and they they took their lunch money last night.
1: They did. Uh, if Jordan Poole isn't going to give them, you know what the Warriors are are used to getting from him off the bench offensively, Clay Thompson had an okay game: fifteen points, three of seven from three. Those aren't bad numbers, but they need more from him. Um, you know, especially if the, the Celtics did exactly what they what you want to do to the Warriors what every team tries to do the warriors in the second half limit curry and mm-hmm. thompson from 3 force draymond to look for his shot look for his offense 04 from 3 last night for yep. draymond green
0: the and warriors are not going to be also. yeah
1: they're not going to be very successful if they continue to force draymond into a jump shooter
0: yeah that's exactly what they need to do i mean just looking at the stats here and the box score does not look good for Golden State at all. I mean, if you were to tell me, and it's funny, we're talking about Curry being limited in the second half of this game. The dude shot 12 of 25, 7 of 14 from three-point range, and had 34 points, and we're saying he was limited.
1: Well, 21 of those, 34 in the first quarter. Yeah, but,
0: you know, if you were to tell me, oh, Steph Curry had 34 points in this game, and Jason Tatum only had 12 points. Yeah. I would have told you 10 times out of 10, the Warriors won that game, and they didn't.
1: Goes back to what I said before the series started. When they're at full strength, I think Boston is the best team. Yeah.
0: That, that's, that's how you win. It's only one game. We may be overreacting here, but I'm starting to feel that, Calvin. I really am. Like, Boston, this team has veterans on it, like Al Horford, that are have played, what do we say, 141 career players, Post-season, Plays, postseason games, games without a finals appearance yeah. yeah they even played in the finals yeah. a guy like that no matter if he's been in the finals or not that is an experienced veteran that's going to help you right your ship he is a guy that everyone can look at and say okay al what do we do here and mm-hmm. he's gonna he's gonna help guide them and he had one of the biggest games if not the biggest game of his career nine of 12 26 the, points
1: the warriors were definitely daring him to shoot early yeah and you know that's okay if he's gonna st- gonna throw up a bunch of bricks, but that he made them pay, and that after that, then the Warriors' defense was really stretched. That their rotations were a step late. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were the extra pass was being made. That's when you have Marcus Smart knocking down a couple, Derek White knocking down a couple open threes. A few of them were contested threes as well. Derek White hit one with Steph Curry like right in his face. That I, I was, I'm still amazed that he made that shot but they got way too many open looks in the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and kind of back on your point about Draymond Green, it seemed like the teams basically did the same thing, and Golden State tried to force Al Horford to shoot. Boston tried to force Draymond Green to shoot. Al Horford is a much better He's going to
1: win that battle every time, Yeah, every single time. Yeah, he will. and um, that's The Warriors definitely have to figure out what they're going to do on defense. And they, that's kind of the,
0: the deepness that you were talking about with this team is the fact that you have Robert Williams inside to be the Draymond Green on defense, anchor everything. And then you have Al Horford on the offensive end who can pass the ball and shoot the ball and rebound the ball well. Mm-hmm. This team is just much more... I guess deep in terms of like position wise, but also in terms of like schemes and like what they can do, their players just seem more versatile to me, which is crazy to think that I'm saying that about the golden state warriors and that there's a team that has more versatile players than them. But I think it's true.
1: Yeah, I would say more versatile both offensively and defensively offensively. I think golden state's got more versatile players, but, um, But give Boston a lot of credit, just like Progressive G is saying here. I mean, these guys stepped up. They played huge. That fourth quarter was, I think it was a bit of an anomaly, honestly. I I don't expect to see another fourth quarter quite like that. Both these teams are really, really good fourth quarter teams. Um, And I think Golden State will make some adjustments, and they'll be better in game two. But they still need to be worried, like you were saying earlier. Steph has such a great game, but they don't really get a great game from anybody else. Wiggins had a pretty good second half, but they need clay to be better. They need Jordan Poole to be better. And they've got to figure out what they're going to do on defense because mm-hmm. they, ha- they got a perfect game one for the, from the warrior standpoint from Jason Tatum, three of 17 from the floor. Problem was everybody else went off. Yeah. So you've got to figure out how to stop these other guys as well.
0: Did you hear Draymond green's quote after the game? Where he's, not. he's looking at the box score and he's like, you're not supposed to name names, but he named names. And he's like, oh, Derek White, 5 of 8 from 3-point range. Al Horford, 6 of 8 from 3-point range. Marcus Moore, 4 for 7 from 3-point range. Peyton Pritchard, 2 of 3 from 3-point three range. You know, basically alluded to the fact that, like, I can live with that because these guys aren't that great and they're not going to do this consistently. Be careful
1: what you wish for because that's exactly what Milwaukee said, or they didn't say that openly, but that's what they wanted, right? They said, we're going to bet that these guys, these role players, aren't going to make enough threes to beat us. Miami the same way. Yeah. Didn't end well for either one of those teams. So.
0: Yeah, and and I I kind of see where where he's going with it. Like he has a point. These are role players, right? They yes. beat him. But then But
1: that's what their role is.
0: Yeah, and to <laughs> go against that, you're like, "Okay, Draymond, well, I'll give you a number here, 3 is 17. That's Jason Tatum." Yeah. You lost to 3 for 17 from Jason Tatum. If none of those role players do anything and Jason Tatum plays his normal self, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, it's it's going to be a long series uh, for both of these teams. We'll see. We'll make some predictions on game two towards the end of the show here. But uh, anything else that just really stood out for you from this game? Uh, I,
1: I think you can break this series down into a few really key components right now. Number one is which, which team is going to defend the three better for the course of the full series, however many games it goes. Uh, number two, what are the – what's the focus defensively for the Warriors moving on here? Because I really think Jalen Brown is going to be super, super aggressive for the rest of this series. I think the Celtics realize they have a big advantage there in that individual matchup. And as of right now, they're leaving Klay Thompson isolated on him. They're not sending help. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much longer that can continue for, uh, especially if Jalen Brown gets off to a hot start in game two. And then after that, it's how, how do you uh, rotate and cover enough ground to, to limit some of these wide-open threes for the Warriors? Because Al Horford is a really good three-point shooter. Yeah. And that guy got, man, he attempted eight threes. It felt like at least six of them were wide open. Mm-hmm. That they, they can't let that happen again.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and a guy like that, when you tell him, okay, Al, you're three wins away from an NBA championship, that's got a light of fire underneath him if yeah. there's not one lit already. Yeah. But like it's so close. You can almost taste it. Mm-hmm. I think he's gonna continue to play well. Uh and he's looking healthy. So he is. Shout out to Al Horford. And another
1: thing I'm worried about if I'm Golden State is Jordan Poole. He played twenty five minutes in this game, uh, only nine points, one of five from three. This is what I was worried about with him coming into the series. I didn't like his matchup defensively. So I don't know how, if he's not going to give you 20 points. Yeah. How many minutes can you really rely on him for to to continue on every game in this series? It's going to be very critical for them to figure out how they can get him going offensively.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. All right, let's move on from the game. Uh, and let's just talk. Well, I still want to talk about this finals, but more of like in the contrast of of the the series or context of the series instead of just one game. So I want to know from you, Calvin, how how worried – I was calling them the Golden State Warriors (laughs) earlier. How worried should the Golden State Warriors be after losing game one at home and losing home court advantage to the Boston Celtics?
1: Well, look, again, this is where you have to say you can't hit the panic meter yet. It's just one game. Steph came out blazing hot. Love to see that if you're the Warriors, obviously. Now we just got to figure out how can we get some of these other guys going – Um, They they're still the Warriors. They still have the hundred and twenty four to one finals game experience lead over Boston. So it is definitely not over yet for them. And that's not how they're going to be feeling. Um, I think they they're a smart team. They really, really had a big advantage like they've had in most of these playoff series on the offensive glass. Kevon Looney was again big for them. They had 12 offensive rebounds in this game and almost every single one of those led to a three Mm -hmm. from either Curry or Wiggins or whoever it was. So I still keep pounding the offensive glass. If I'm the Warriors, they just have to figure out what they're going to do defensively. They did a good job taking Jason Tatum away, but Tatum made a great adjustment in that second half to find everybody else and they knocked down open shots. So now you have to figure out how you're going to spread the floor defensively and make sure you take away some of these threes. But, you know, again, it's one game. Mm-hmm. Um, Draymond really didn't play very well. If he comes back, he turns the ball over a little less, maybe he makes one mid-range shot instead of post-jacking up four threes or looks to attack the basket a little bit more. The Warriors also blew a ton of layups, yep. especially in that first half. So I- I'm not panicking at all. Let's just get back out there in game two and see if we can do better defensively.
0: Yeah, it's definitely too early to panic, Um, and especially for a team like Golden State that's got all this championship DNA in the team. You don't want to panic because a lot of times that makes things worse, but maybe uh, the sense of urgency is there Mm -hmm. or increased, where it's like, okay, before it was we just have to win all our home games. Now it's we got to win all our home games and we got to win a game in Boston at this point. Don't hit the panic button yet, but yeah. If I'm the Warriors, I think they they I, should I'm be concerned.
1: Worried. Yes, I'm a, yeah. I'm a little concerned and a little worried for the reasons that I already brought up. But at the same time, I'm I'm feeling relieved despite how Game One went because I'm the Warriors and I've still got Steph and Clay yep. and all these guys.
0: Yeah. Speaking of of Steph, I saw an interesting stat today. Steph Curry has lost eight out of his last nine finals games without Kevin Durant.
1: It's amazing that he's even played nine finals games without Kevin
0: Durant. Well, I mean, I would say. Since he left. Three of those were against Cleveland, right? When they were up 3-1 and Cleveland came back and won three in a row before KD. So well, How does
1: that count if it's before Kevin Durant even got there?
0: Well, it just says without KD. So okay. I'm assuming it's part of that, right? Because they didn't lose many final games. Seems like
1: that skews the stat a little bit. If you take into account well, before, games before Durant and even played after. with the Warriors. And after. It's, yeah, but it's, it's... I mean, what is what difference does it make before? He wasn't a part of the team.
0: I think they're just trying to say here, Curry hasn't won a lot of finals games without Kevin Durant. <laughs> so, right,
1: and I, that's it's skewing the stat because you're adding games before Kevin Durant even played for the franchise.
0: And after. No, but I'm never, saying never, three no, no, I'll, three I'll from 3-1 <laughs> uh, against Cleveland. Then he lost last night, so that would be four. So there's four other times in there, and I would say all four of them? No, three of them had to be in the finals against toronto right because one of those games katie did play in. yeah so only three of those they could have play without very long. that so then there's another game in there somewhere but what do you what do you take as far as that goes
1: i think it's people trying to create something that maybe isn't there okay kevin durant's a great player yeah does it help to have Kevin Durant on your team? Hell yeah, it does, but... It does. Steph won a championship without him. Um, you know, there's a lot of other things, factors that go into why you lose an NBA Finals game besides not having Kevin Durant on your team. So, yeah. y- you know, is it a coincidence or is it a uh, something that people will talk about? Yeah, absolutely, but I, I think it's a... I don't buy into really anything on that. Okay. A- every... Series every finals is different for different reasons not Because you don't have a certain player on your team
0: the crazy thing is that this Boston team beat Kevin Durant Already right? they did. like if you're to look at like one of the hardest roads to the finals I mean just looking at this team with with KD and Kyrie Irving uh, There's a lot of other drama and stuff there, but they end up sweeping the nets in the first round then they go on and beat Giannis in seven games with Milwaukee. Then they go on and beat Miami in seven games with all the talent on that team. And then now they're facing the Golden State Warriors. Yes, if they win this wrong. championship, this is much deserved. Not yeah. that, that some are more deserving than Pe- others. People but
1: will try to take a little bit away from them, too, though. They'll say, oh, the Nets weren't the Nets. They'll Chris say Middleton. that the Middleton didn't play for Milwaukee. And they'll say Miami was hurt. Those are all true statements, but... You know, it's the same thing with the Warriors. If Kawhi wasn't hurt, the Warriors wouldn't have won that year. Yep. Uh, it, you know, the list goes on and on. So, What
0: was it yesterday we talked about another quote from Draymond Green saying no one ever beat us whole? Yeah. That could be changing here.
1: It's one game. <laughs> it's one game. I still think Boston's going to win the series, but let's, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves.
0: All right. Speaking of getting ahead of ourselves, <laughs> let's talk about – Finals MVP. Is there a new favorite? Um, you know, I think Curry proved it last night. If the Warriors win the series, he's winning finals MVP. That's his award. But uh, we saw Boston kind of take a different face last night. Jalen Brown or Al Horford.
1: Those two guys have to be the front runners at this point, I would say.
0: Okay. So if Boston wins this series, who's winning finals MVP in your mind? I mean,
1: there's so much that could happen in three, at least three more games. Right. Yep. Um, but I, I guess who, who do I think has the, is in the best position right now? I'll say Jalen Brown, because again, I think that they figured something out with that matchup. Yeah. If Clay Thompson's going to guard him one-on-one for the whole series, which the Warriors want to, that to happen, right? Because that allows you to double Tatum. Mm-hmm. It would be really, really hard for them if they had to double both those guys, but I don't know what Golden State's going to have to do, either having somebody else guard Tatum full-time or somebody else guard Brown full-time or helping Clay a little bit more. I think Jalen Brown could have an inside track to a bunch of big games here, which makes him maybe the the leading candidate right now.
0: Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I, I think yeah. if Boston wins this series, Golden State is basically going to be choosing the finals MVP, right? Because they're going to either say... We're going to let Tatum beat us, and then he's going to be the MVP. Or they're going to say, we can't let Tatum get his, and then it's going to be a guy like Jalen Brown or or even a potentially an Al Horford, which that would be amazing to see Al mm-hmm. Horford win. It would be similar to the Iguodala situation for the first ring for the Warriors. But uh, finals MVP, it's, it's not set in stone yet that it will be Jason Tatum or Steph Curry. So pretty interesting stuff there. Progressive G says Steph won a ring without KD true, but that was against a very handicapped Cleveland Cavaliers team. Yeah, Gee, I mean there's it's, always it's a but. all part of the it's all <laughs> part of the, the thing, right? But. Don't sleep on Horford winning finals MVP. I would love to see that. No, that I, would be incredible.
1: I think we both agreed that he's got a great chance as of right now.
0: That would be that would be awesome. All right, moving on here next in the news. The Lakers hired their coach, Calvin, Darvin Ham, but we're still talking about their coaching search, and apparently we had it all wrong because we thought that the Lakers preferred Darvin Ham and LeBron preferred Doc Rivers. I saw an article today saying the Lakers preferred Jawan Howard. He already has a coaching job. He does have connections with LeBron James, won two titles with him in Miami. What are your thoughts on this? Does this even matter?
1: uh well it matters to me cuz i'm very happy that Juwan howard <laughs> stayed at, at michigan um i i mean it's new it became news because it's the lakers but I, this probably happens to like you know mm-hmm. anywhere from 5 to 6 7 nba franchises every year where they mm-hmm. they want a particular coach but he either decides to stay where he's at in college or stay with his nba team or, or you know they they just lose out on that particular guy and they have to look for someone else the reason we're talking about it like i said is it's the lakers yep so is it a big deal it will be a big deal if darvin ham turns out to not work for them as coach but if he ends up being a really good coach and the lakers make a run at, the, at a title next year then no we're not talking about this at all
0: anymore yeah, yeah i think juan howard will become a head coach in the nba which you probably don't want to hear but I think he will. I think he's got all the all the qualifications. He was an there's, assistant yeah, with there's no Miami, for him not all be, that. Yeah. It's just a matter of when and what's the right spot for him. Uh, I know he would love to be head coach of the Miami Heat, but I don't think that position's opening up anytime soon. Probably not. Um, but uh, interesting for him. I like Juwan Howard. You ran into him in a hotel in Miami I when did. we were staying there. Um, how much longer do you think he'll – I guess kind of wait before he takes the jump to become an NBA head coach. I,
1: I don't know. I mean, that that's a really tough question to answer. It, it. Uh, I, pe- I think a lot of people expected at some point Coach K to want to make that jump, right? Very and true. he never did. Very so it, it really just depends on how much success you are having at your current program. Michigan has been doing really, really well as of late, even though they had kind of a down year last year. But, uh, you know, it's all about timing, the the right job becoming available, the right opportunity, and and how much he really wants to do that.
0: Yeah, I expect him to move up when there's another big opening, whether it's the Knicks – or the Nets, or one of these big teams that just has an opening where it's like, who's going to be the right guy? We hired someone. They didn't get us to where we want to go. We have all this talent. We need a coach that will give us over the top. Juwan Howard, I expect to be in the NBA in the next three years, maybe, I would say. Stretch it out to three years, maybe two years. but
1: We'll see. Hopefully
0: not. I expect to see I, him in the NBA very as, soon.
1: As long as Michigan wins three national championships in that <laughs> time, I'm okay. With
0: that. And Coach K never played in the NBA and was never an assistant in the NBA. That's true, but he did coach the U.S. Olympic team for a long time. A lot of NBA players on that team. Very true. All right, next up, let's talk a little bit about Tyler Hero. Uh, We heard some quotes this week from him stating that he expects to be a starter next year on the Miami Heat. We saw the Miami Heat fall short this year um, in the NBA playoffs after having an incredible run. We looked at their – their uh, salary cap situation, I think it was last week, and we kind of touched on stuff like that. They have a ton of money committed next season to guys like Jimmy Butler, $37 million, Bam Adebayo, $30 million, Kyle Lowry, $28 million, Duncan Robinson, $16.9 million, P.J. Tucker's got a $7 million option. This is the last year, next year, will be the last year of Tyler Hero's rookie contract. Mm-hmm. The Miami Heat have a team option that they can exercise for $5.7 million. Then he becomes a restricted free agent after that if they offer the qualifying offer and they haven't come to terms on a contract extension. Basically, this is the last year of uh, a discount on Tyler Hero, right? Do the Miami Heat look to move him? Or does he move into the starting lineup with Jimmy, with Kyle, with Bam?
1: I think he should be a starter. Um, I know why they wanted him to come off the bench last year, and it definitely worked for them to their advantage in terms of the regular season. They, they almost made the NBA Finals, so uh, you can really say that it was a good move by Eric Spolstra to, mm-hmm. to have him coming off the bench. If making him a starter is going to be one of the key determining factors in whether or not I get to keep Tyler Hero, I'm going to start him. Yeah, I don't want to lose Tyler Hero if I can afford to keep him on the team. Um, so yeah, I mean, the short
0: answer is I would start him next year. Does, I mean, does Tyler Hero is he getting ahead of himself here? He just won Sixth Man of the Year. He's still on his rookie deal, and he's playing with an incredible franchise like the Miami Heat. Could he be getting a little ahead of himself here, saying that I deserve to be a starter? I want to be a starter next season. No, because I don't think so. the reason I say that is, you know. Six Man of the Year is an interesting award, right? because it it rewards the person for thinking team first and allowing themselves to come off the bench. and they don't need to be a starter, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it tells that person, you're the best bench player in the league. Maybe you want to think about being a starter, right? <laughs> and so we've seen guys in the past like Lou Williams and stuff like that, uh, that have been kind of a career six man on on a team. If you win the Sixth Man of the Year Award, that means that you're the best at what you do, right, in being the sixth man. So it's kind of an interesting situation where it's like, do you give up doing what you did best to try and take on a bigger role in becoming a starter and maybe grow into like what you fully think that you are? Or do you stay and do what you're good at in being a sixth man? And as long as you're will- they're willing to re-sign you and pay you what you deserve, what does it matter if you're a starter or not?
1: Well, it matters. It matters to Tyler like that. I think that's the most important part, right? You yeah. whether or not you argue that's a good or a bad thing. It, it matters to him. So if Miami wants to keep him around, then that's going to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I would also say this: the six man position, if you will even call it a position or whatever, the role of six man has changed a lot in the NBA over the yep. years. It used to be just, like, who's your most reliable guy off the bench? It doesn't matter how many points a game this guy scores, whatever. Mm -hmm. Just who is that first guy that I know I can count on to A, go get me a bucket or go get a stop or help us in some yeah. area.
0: Or your sixth best, o- best
1: player. Over the years, this has now evolved into, it's one of your maybe three or four best players on your entire team that you choose to put in this role, and they still play starters minutes and play late in fourth quarters, mm-hmm. in close games, stuff like that. They You consider them a starter, but they you use them in a different way maybe. Tyler is definitely that. Type of player, in my opinion, he was their leading scorer all year long. Um, uh, so I think it's it's really important for Miami. If yeah. they're not going to pay him, then they need to figure out a way to maximize value for him and get some trade assets back in return.
0: Progressive G says, "How much better is Tyler Hero than Buddy Heald?" He's better, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, I mean, better ball handler, better defender. <sighs>
1: Tyler Hero's not really a great defender, but Buddy Heald is pretty terrible.
0: Yeah, and Tyler Hero, he's more than just a three-point shooter to me, which is what Buddy Heald is. Tyler
1: me. Hero is more is a way more dynamic scorer yep. than Buddy Heald is. Yep. Tyler Hero can consistently create his own shot in uh, all three phases of the court, right uh, close to the basket, mid-range, and from three. Buddy Heald is definitely not that player. Even so, though he tries to be yeah, <laughs> a lot of times. He is not that player.
0: So, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, what the heat really can get out of him, right? Whether it's salvaging value if he wants to move on to another team or re-signing him and bringing him in as a starter. Whatever you need to do, you need to either get value from him if you're moving on or he needs to bring value into your team, right? So we saw them, you know, kind of fizzle out here in the playoffs after having the best record in the East A starting lineup of, like, Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, and maybe P.J. Tucker, is that a championship team? Or do the Heat look at themselves and say, maybe we're better off trying to trade Tyler Hero for a guy like uh, a Donovan Mitchell, um, a Bradley Beal, you know, one of these other guys that have proven more in the NBA. They cost more, but... Do they really cost more if Tyler Hero is going to a max contract any year from now?
1: Yeah, I mean I, I think I, I think either one of those options would be you would have a championship contending team, right? Like Yeah. Tyler Hero adding Tyler Hero to that starting lineup, we're talking about a team that was just a game, one shot basically away from the NBA finals and that was with Hero missing. Yep uh what was it three games in that series so well basically four because he tried to play at the end there and couldn't really go and and had to sit the second half so this team is definitely good enough to win with him definitely on the other hand if you're able to flip him for somebody like Donovan Mitchell that obviously is a is a good move like a lot of yeah. people would like that move um i I would I'd be a little cautious I guess bringing in somebody like Donovan Mitchell or Bradley Beal onto that team, because at least with Tyler Hero right now, you, and again, this might have to change if he doesn't want to come off the bench anymore, but you're adding guys who are even a more a little more ball dominant in mm-hmm. Beal and Donovan Mitchell to that team already. Now, right. I think guys like Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry would be able to adjust pretty easily to that. Mm-hmm. But then again, in a playoff series, I, I don't know. And a lot of people are saying that's that was the issue with Miami is that Jimmy Butler had to do everything, and that's why they couldn't get over the hump. Injuries definitely play a part in that, so I, I think there's a little truth to that, but maybe not the whole truth.
0: It, it's a tough call, I think, tough call. Yeah, and does moving Tyler Hero to the starting lineup, as much as Tyler might like that, does that hurt the Miami Heat team in terms of like production off the bench, If he's leading the team in scoring, what does that mean for shots for guys like Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry if they're all playing, you know, relatively the same amount of minutes? Mm -hmm. A lot of questions there to think about. Um, Do you expect Tyler Hero to be on this team next year?
1: Uh, My gut right now says yes. Okay. But I'm not 100% sold on that either.
0: Yeah, I I have a gut feeling that he will remain as well. I think he's bought into the Miami culture. I think Miami loves developing players. Uh, And so I I think that barring a huge setback or a huge Tyler Hero explosion of I want to go somewhere else, I expect him to continue to buy in, remain with this team Mm -hmm. at least for one more year. The contract extension is where it gets tricky, right? Because if he becomes a restricted free agent and another team offers him a max deal – And the Miami Heat are like, is he really deserve a max? Or does this handicap us in the future with all these other big deals? I think that's when it gets kind of tricky. But I I think he'll remain on the team next year. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Next up, let's talk about free agents. Uh, Before we jump here into the weekend recap, you know, looking at this free agent class, You would say it's a lot smaller than normal or some of these big ones where it's like, where's Curry going? Where's LeBron going? Where's KD going? But there's actually a lot of good players available this offseason. Just to name a few here, Zach Levine is an unrestricted free agent for the Chicago Bulls, and he has uh, stated that he is going to live life to the fullest this summer and interview with as many potential teams as possible. Uh, You have guys like Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Bradley Beal that all have a player option, so they could opt out. And I believe that deadline is June 21st, I believe, that they can opt out and become unrestricted free agents. And then you have guys like DeAndre Ayton, Jalen Brunson, Miles Bridges, they're all restricted free agents where their team basically has control of their rights, but they could end up going out and signing a big deal with somewhere else and forcing their team to either match the deal, say no, or try and work out a sign-in trade to get some value back. So out of these seven guys I just named here, Calvin Levine, Ayton, Brunson, Irving, Bridges, Harden, Beal, I want to hear from you. Which one of these guys do you think really has the opportunity to maybe go to a new team and be a franchise changer like we saw Chris Paul did in uh, Phoenix?
1: Well, I think the answer is pretty easy here. It's Zach Levine. I mean, number one, he's the only unrestricted free agent in the whole list. So he has the best uh, odds or, or ability or chance of changing teams in the first place, right? And then second of all, when he's healthy, he's arguably the best player on this list as well. So I, I think it's a pretty easy decision to make that it's Zach Levine who could really turn somebody around like a Portland or, or at least, you know, mm-hmm. get them uh, such a good head start on filling out the rest of the roster and building a competitive team for next year.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I, I still see I still see Zach Levine returning to Chicago. I think they're building something there, and I think ultimately he does. We'll see what happens with Irving, Harden, Beale. Like I mentioned, they all have player options. So their future is basically in their hands. And I expect all three of those guys to remain with their teams. The guys that I'm really looking at on this list are guys like Ayton, Brunson, and Bridges. They're all restricted free agents. And all those teams might have some issues bringing them back. You know, we haven't really heard if Aiton is going to return with Phoenix. Apparently he refused to play in the last game of the season for them. They have not committed to him long term. Then we have talked about Dallas and their salary cap issues and whether Jalen Brunson fits on that team. And then Miles Bridges, uh, you know, has played incredibly well, hasn't had too much success team-wise with Charlotte. They're looking to add some more guys. They did bring in a guy like Gordon Hayward and and stuff like that, so his position's a little bit more cloudy there. Out of these three unrestricted free agents, you know, Bridges, Brunson, Aiton, do you have a favorite here? Do you have a guy you think will end up leaving his team? And and, uh, who's the prize?
1: Wow, that's tough. Um, I think if you were to poll most NBA teams, they would probably say Aiton is the prize um and i i love deandre Ayton. however miles bridges is maybe a, a more versatile player like y- you could deandre Ayton has to play a specific way right miles bridges is a perimeter player uh has good size you know has defensive potential to guard multiple positions if he continues to improve which he really took a huge huge leap for me this year Um, I there's no way in hell. I ever expected that guy to be that good of a three-point shooter after watching him at Michigan State a lot He was all uh, you know attack 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 lob 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 Mm -hmm. get to the rim Nothing from outside now. He is uh, a really really solid three-point shooter in this league so I think miles bridges is my favorite player out of all three of these guys in terms of Potential to what he brings to your team, but I, I love DeAndre Ayton as well.
0: Yeah Yeah, looking at this list here, I I think Aiton, as far as the restricted free agents goes, Aiton is a guy that you build a team around. Maybe he's your second, third best player. Uh, He is a cornerstone. I don't feel the same way about Miles Bridges or Jalen Brunson. I just don't. I feel like they're more uh, versatile, fit into whatever scheme happens. Yes, there are some that are going to help them and some that are going to hurt them. But they're not, like, the main building block of your franchise. and
1: Yeah, J- I mean, I think it comes down to how much are you going to have to spend
0: yes. to get these guys, right? Yep.
1: I think we both agree if you're able to get e- any one of them on a reasonable contract, you'd love to add this yes. guy to your
0: team. Definitely. But and I, I like Jalen Brunson a lot, but I, I'm still, out of all these guys, he's, like, got the most question marks around him for me. He reminds me of J.J. Barea. I don't know why. It's not the game, or it's not his game specifically, but it's, it's the undersized. It's being with Dallas. It's the way that he moves and drives to the basket and just goes through contact. He really reminds me of a guy like J.J. Brea, who played incredible for the Mavericks, won a championship with them, moved on to another team, didn't really do much, found his way back to Dallas, played incredibly well again, kind of like a Lance Stevenson uh, in Indiana. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, for me, it's hands down Aiton is the guy on this list that it's like he is the huge prize in free agency. That if you're one of these teams that's struggling, maybe even Miles Bridges' team in Charlotte, you know, where it's like you're one, maybe two pieces away of having a solid foundation of guys to build around and make it to the playoffs every year. DeAndre Ayton for me, is going to have a huge impact on a team this offseason season. And uh, I also think he could have a huge impact on Phoenix if they lose him.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that 100%.
0: They don't really have another guy that's ready to kind of come in and take that position. Like, who else do they have? Javel McGee?
1: Yeah, he's the backup right now. And Bismack.
0: Bismack Biyombo. J.J. Breyer or Isaiah Thomas is a great comparison.
1: Yeah. He's not Isaiah, anywhere near Isaiah as quick as Isaiah Thomas.
0: Thomas. Yeah. Isaiah Thomas is, is tough. They're for both me.
1: lefties, so I see why, you know, they look similar being yeah. smaller left handed guards, but
0: all yeah. And all three of these guys are small. They like to get to the basket. They take contact. I, I see that. I definitely see that. Would you like the Kings to go after Gobert or Ayton? Uh that's an easy one for me. Ayton all day. A hundred percent. Yeah. Gobert. Uh if I'm taking on Gobert, you better be sending me $100 million also because <laughs> uh, the dude is massively overpaid, massively overpaid. And uh, Aiton is just so much more well-rounded of a player, so much more. Oh, bike. yeah. It's D- don't get me
1: wrong. Gobert would, would help Sacramento in a lot of ways. I mean, rebounding in defense and rim protection has been something that they've lacked for a long, long time. But the problem with gobert is yes you sure up maybe that one area of your team but now you're so financially handicapped that you can't make the the rest of the team better around him and that's what we saw was the problem with utah like they they have good players around him and donovan mitchell but they're they're not the the right uh it's not the right fit altogether in terms of perimeter defense they rely very heavily on the three-point shot mike conley Definitely took a step back in this year's postseason. Yep. Um. And so that they, they weren't able to really find the right pieces and spend the right money to to construct a team that could get out of the first round. And that's where you'd be if you were Sacramento. I feel yeah. like
0: if you get him. And just for me, Gobert is as incredible of a player mm-hmm. as he is. He is much more exploitable than a guy like DeAndre Ayton. And we saw that in this year's playoffs where you can basically take Gobert out of the entire game. And that's you know. Things you don't really see in the regular season, but once the postseason comes and you play the same team like seven times, you're really able to kind of like zero in on those advantages you have. He's very exploitable. Aiden is not, in my opinion.
1: Not not as not nearly as much so. And with Aiden, you can give him the ball and, and he can go get his own shot and yep. score, which is the, a huge difference between the two of them.
0: All right, Calvin, let's talk about Sunday's game. Um, you know, to everyone that's watching, thank you. We appreciate you guys for joining us this week. You guys are all off today. There's no basketball. I'm gonna give you the day off tomorrow, too. No basketball. But Sunday, you guys better be ready because we got game two. It's in Golden State, five PM uh Pacific Standard Time, two P.M. Hawaii Standard Time. If you're here on the West 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 Coast, like Calvin and I, the best coast. Boston they're probably going to spend the next few days in Golden State. There's no reason to fly home. so
1: That's a long flight home just to come right back in a couple days.
0: We'll see if we see any pictures emerge of Jason Tatum having a beer or something in San Francisco before a game or not. But uh, game two, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting one, Calvin, and I believe it's a must win for Golden State. What are your thoughts on game two?
1: Uh, just echoing kind of what I said earlier. I, I mean, it, game one, both teams shot ridiculously well from three. I think game one is usually sort of a feel it out type game. I expect it to be a little more physical in game two. Uh, both teams, maybe not shooting quite as well as they did in game one. But for me, it, it comes down to Jalen Brown. How aggressive is he going to be? Is Clay Thompson going to be able to, to hold him down? By himself or are they going to have to start sending help and then what does that do for jason tatum? Does that free him up a little bit get him going because that spells doom for the warriors? I think Uh, you know if if they can hold one of those two guys down in every game They've got a chance like we saw for three quarters Mm -hmm. last night to win But if both of them get loose and both of them start getting hot, that's when you have to be really really concerned if you're golden state Yeah
0: yeah. Golden State is favored by four in this game, which didn't help them in game one. They were favored by three and a half. Yeah, they we're up fifteen at one point yeah, in the third quarter. Yeah. So the, the thing that I'm looking at for in this game, which you mentioned it earlier and I thought you were spot on, is the matchup between Al Horford and Draymond Green. For me, game two is gonna be all about Al Horford. I see Boston or sorry, I see Golden State saying, okay, Al, you got us in game one do it again. Yeah. We don't we don't think you can do it again. And if Al Horford can do the same thing, he doesn't need to have 26 points on Sunday. But if he can make a couple shots, if he can be very productive on Tuesday, I think this changes the entire series for Boston. And it's going to force Golden State to say, "Okay, he's done it to us twice now. We need to make some adjustments." And I think that's really going to open things up for Jason Tatum. I really do. So, for me, the key to game two, even if Boston loses this game, the key to game two is they need Al Horford to be extremely productive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to to uh, disagree with that. I mean, Horford, smart, and any player that Boston gets going off their bench, that's like playing with house money for them, right? You know, it, it, that was essentially the difference here in game one. Um, Clay Thompson, only 15 points. Jordan Poole, only nine points. Derek White has 21 off the bench. Smart has 18, and Horford has 26. So I, I would say, you know, it, it works both ways here. Boston is probably thinking the same thing about Golden State. They don't, They held them to 108 points. That's with Otto Porter Jr. going four of five from three. Um You know, he's probably not going to do that again. Maybe he hits a couple, but four or five from three eh, for not having played in a while, that was pretty impressive. I think he started four of four. Uh, And then, you know, the question is, does Steph Curry stay hot as well?
0: So, yeah. Over under on this game is 215 and a half. Are you going over or under? I'm going to take the under in this game. Interesting.
1: I don't th- I think Golden State will make some adjustments defensively and I don't expect Boston to put up 120 again so I think this game stays somewhere around the you know like 106 to 103 range or something like that okay pretty low scoring
0: also want to remind you all that are watching, we are a partner with bet us that you can see down below. There is a link in the description to sign up with bet us. If you deposit at least $50, they will match your deposit up to 125%. No financial advice on this channel, but Calvin and I love to talk about prop bets over unders stuff like that. So make sure you guys sign up for bet us and bet with us all postseason. All right. For me, I want to look at it a little bit from Golden State's perspective because I've talked a lot about Boston on this show, and and they really impressed me. I thought Golden State was going to win game one. They didn't. But I want to just talk a little bit here about what Golden State needs to do to win game two, what they need to do to get back in this series. Because, like I said before, if they lose game two, the series is pretty much over in my eyes. Hopefully Boston doesn't feel that way because they need to keep keep going. If I'm Golden State – What I need to do is I need to basically just play my game, and I need to be Golden State. It kind of reminds me of some old Greg Popovich quotes where he talks about you know, there's a lot of times he doesn't even pay attention to the other team. He doesn't even scheme for the other team. There was an interview with one of his assistant coaches. I don't remember exactly who it was, but they're like, okay, you guys are prepping for – uh i think it was like dallas or somebody tomorrow night what do you guys have on dallas and he's like nothing we didn't we didn't print anything out on dallas all we did was focus on ourselves and pops like if you guys can shoot this well if you can pass the ball this well if you can limit limit your turnovers you're gonna win the game i don't give a shit what the other team does if you can hit these three metrics we're gonna win the game And that's exactly what Golden State needs to do here in game two, is they need to say, we don't care about Boston. I don't care what Jason Tatum does. I don't care what Al Horford does. I don't care what Marcus Smart does. We need to score. We're one of the best scoring teams of all time. We need Jordan Poole to to score and shoot his game. We need Steph Curry to do his thing. We need game six, Clay Thompson to hit threes. And then we need Draymond Green playing, you know, uh, cornerback on defense and playing quarterback on offense if Golden State can stick to their game plan, not even worry about Boston and just do the things that they do and do them extremely well, they will win game two.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, it, it. yeah, it goes back to what we said at, at the very beginning. It's one game. Um, Golden State, can. De- they had this game won for, through three quarters, and then they put up their worst individual quarter of the entire playoffs this year. 40-16 to 16 is just crazy. And, and again, it was just wide open three after wide open three mm-hmm. for Boston. And Boston was able to force a few turnovers in that fourth quarter, which helped get the, ignite their run, get them out in transition a little bit. So, if Golden State takes better care of the ball, like you said, if they can get a better game, they have to figure out a way to get Jordan Poole going offensively. 100%. 100%. Have to figure a way out. And, and that's going to be a really tough one because he is – Exactly where Boston is going to attack defensively, but th- that's something that the Warriors have been dealing with all postseason That's not a new thing for them. So Yeah, get Jordan Poole going figure out a way that you don't allow Al Horford to have shooting practice out there and Yeah, they're they definitely got a chance to win.
0: Yeah. What's up key Kings. Good to see you All right guys, we're gonna open it up to Q&A So if you guys have any questions go ahead and drop them in the chat and we got answers also Awesome week of basketball. Hopefully you guys are excited for the weekend and Calvin and I will be back on Monday. Calvin, who are you taking on Sunday for game 2? Well, I would I was
1: going to take Boston in this game because I thought Golden State would win game 1. Yeah. I'm going to take Golden State again because I think I I want this series <laughs> to go long. I want it to be a 7 game series. I don't know if I would take them by 4 but I'll take them to win a close game, three or two maybe.
0: Okay. Yeah, my my picks, other than me picking (laughs) the Heat to go to game seven, my picks have been horrible. (laughs) I I bet on Dallas, they lose. I bet against Dallas, they win. Same with Golden State, same with Phoenix, all that ridiculous stuff. What up, Asha? Good to see you here. Uh, So, yeah, who do I want to win the game? 'Cause I should bet against them is is what I'm saying here. Uh but I'm agree with you. I, I say Golden State wins game two. Yeah. Also had them to win game one. But uh Me too. I want to see well. a longer series that's, like that's you. That's really
1: funny. I, I'm picking Boston to win the series and I pick Golden State to win both three yeah. <laughs> in the first two games.
0: Yeah, funny, funny. All right, I'm happy for Boston. They were counted out early in the season, and it's great to see them battle through it to make it to the finals. Yeah, and I mean, I saw an article today that was talking about Brad Stevens and the tremendous impact that he's had on the squad. Although he's not the coach anymore, he's absolutely killed it from the front office. Like, in terms of bringing in Derek White, like, that was an absolute great steal. Great Move. He in was their, so
1: good for them both offensively and defensively.
0: And yesterday. bringing in their coach, yeah, Edoka, who yeah. was in San Antonio with Pop mm-hmm. and with Derek White. So they're able to reunite those guys in Boston. They get rid of Dennis Schroeder. They get rid of, like, Tristan Thompson and some of these other guys that just have not helped them. Great moves by Brad Stevens. And that just kind of goes back to what Calvin and I have been talking about the past couple weeks to many of you Kings fans is that, like, the players only do so much like, yes, you want to have the best players and all this, but it's really like an organizational thing, right? Like it starts with ownership. Then you have your front office staff and everyone else that helps them. Yeah. Maybe there's one face that you see, but there's a hundred people behind that face, helping facilitate all the things that they do. Then you have your coaching staff. Then you have your players. So great organization like Boston, uh, they're really doing it right. So Congratulations and shout-out to them. Asha says, what do you think about Jalen Brown as the first pro athlete to sign with Donda Sports? Asha, I know you were working a few days ago when Calvin and I touched on this subject, but uh, Calvin. Um, uh, good for Jalen, good for Kanye.
1: Some Yeezys on the court, as as you're saying here. Yeah, we would love to see that. He's technically not the first pro athlete to sign though Aaron Donald I believe was the first yes guy to first sign pro NBA player first pro NBA player definitely it's a, a big move for Donna sports like yeah in terms of apparel and all that stuff I mean football athletes are big but basketball athletes in terms of a uh, sports agency those are the like crown jewels yeah because you see their face you see their face (laughs) you they can put the shoes on the court a lot easier yeah everyone will buy basketball shoes not everyone will buy football nobody's
0: buying football cleats to wear (laughs) around
1: so it's a big deal for kanye and for donda
0: yeah yeah and calvin said he'd he'd pick up a pair if they didn't look like the crocs version yeah i will not wear those (laughs) You know what I'm interested to see is we saw Tyrese Halliburton this year. He bought a board ape. He put his board ape on his shoes, and those became the most expensive NBA shoes of all time. If you own an NFT like that that gives you the IP or intellectual property rights, I'm looking at a guy like Kanye, and I'm like, why hasn't Kanye bought one of these? Maybe he owns one already, but maybe Kanye puts one on his shoes, and then he's able to sell millions of copies to people, Kanye, hit me up. (laughs) All right, next one. Key Kings. Are the Kings bringing back the gold jerseys? We got some good news for you.
1: I did see a report that it that stated they were going to bring those jerseys back next year.
0: Yes, I'm excited. I love the gold jerseys. I'm
1: not the biggest fan, but
0: okay. So I love the gold in the jerseys, but I don't like the jerseys that like the shoulder is this big. Yeah. And that's the problem with the old gold jerseys. Yep. So if they bring back the gold jerseys and they have, like, normal size uh, up top and it fits nice, like, I'm yeah. ecstatic. I think it's going to look dope. As
1: long as they don't taste sack town on them, I'll be cool.
0: <laughs> what What do you think would be a good color combinations? So we all know the Kings color scheme is, like, black, silver, purple. Mm-hmm. You could throw white in there, and then they have, like, that blue, baby blue and red throwback Royals. Yeah. What works best with the gold? Can you go gold and purple, or well,
1: that seems to be the the first choice, right? But yeah, kind of looks a little bit too well. It's not really the same colors as the Lakers, but that's that's what the Lakers are, right? It's yeah. supposed to be purple and gold.
0: Yeah. So do you do black? You know. Maybe all black would would be dope. Black and black gold. and gold, like that you would have, be cool. yeah. The Kings logo I think they've blacked done something out like
1: that in the past, right? Haven't they had like gold letters on a black? jersey before
0: or am i making that up not maybe all it was black. a t-shirt not all black yeah yeah the t-shirt and they have the blacked out kings logo for the hats and stuff i think you and i saw some yeah. of those in the team store yeah. the gold jerseys are hilarious they are
1: very unique you are right about that yeah
0: yeah they are but i i think it i think it could be really cool progressive g says what happened to under armor they were on fire a few years ago but it seems like they completely fell off
1: I mean, if you've got Steph Curry on your team, I wouldn't say you've completely fallen off. They can probably just run with him for <laughs> for a while.
0: Outside of this year, what has Steph Curry done in the past couple seasons?
1: Uh, he's been hurt, and they haven't made the playoffs.
0: Could be correlated with Under Armour? I don't Maybe, know. Yeah, I don't know. Less, uh, less time on the big screen in the finals and the playoffs for them, I guess. But I mean, then, When again, it comes
1: to basketball, yes, but... You got to remember Under Armour makes like all the gloves for football, they make yeah. a lot of cleats for football. I, I think Under Armour's probably doing okay at this point.
0: What was the material used on the gold jerseys? Gold Ooh. dust. That's a that's a tough one.
1: Do yeah, I don't know. It does feel a little very different from the the other jerseys.
0: Hold on, one second. This
1: is where it helps to have a Kings fan In the room, at all times.
0: Alright, I'm back. Gold jerseys, like these ones, right? I like them, yeah, it's just too big up top here. Let's see here, we're made out of nylon. It says 100% nylon. 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 These are actually the old Reebok jerseys, when Reebok used to make them. Hmm. Made in Honduras. 100% Hundred percent nylon, and they yeah they did purple, purple and white. Mm-hmm. I like it. I think it would be really awesome for like purple and black, and just do everything black, like solid black and gold. I think would be great.
1: Yeah, I would. I think that would look pretty cool. All
0: right, I want to see the Kings wear the greatest show on the court early two thousand style jerseys. Yeah.
1: Those are their best jerseys
0: ever. Didn't they try to bring those back with the DeMarcus Cousins years where they had kind of like the similar design? But, yeah, the the SK, the old, like, crown logo was my favorite. I would love if they brought that back. All right, guys, we're going to wrap up the show here. Thank you so much for joining us. Please hit that like button. Please hit that subscribe button. Please share this video and this channel with all your favorite basketball fans. Hopefully you guys have a wonderful weekend watching basketball. Calvin and I will be back on Monday, same time, uh, 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 12 p.m. Hawaii Standard Time. So make sure you guys join in. We will also be dropping some content on Royal Rebounds next week as well. And uh, we will continue working on team needs for a lot of these offseason uh franchises that didn't make the playoffs or just didn't play that well and and even ones that did play well but have some uh, salary cap questions free agency questions stuff like that and we're getting ready for the nba draft so make sure you guys stay tuned for all that stuff thank you guys so much for joining us calvin anything last you want to say
1: thanks for watching have a good weekend we'll see you on monday
0: all right guys thank you so much have a wonderful evening and don't forget to tip your bartender